We're talking lightning hockey. Well, we're kind of talking lightning hockey. Okay, not really. We're talking to someone who's held a foam finger before. Uh, can you remind me what I pay you people for? Honestly, throw me a bone here. This is On the Bench with your host, Seth Kushner, on Lightning Power Play. Welcome to another edition of On the Bench with Seth Kushner right here on Lightning Power Play. I was here a couple of weeks ago. What is this, the iHeart something studio sponsored by somebody? You know, we like to switch it up all the time. So sometimes it's the Root Air Conditioning Studio. It's been uh, multiple different things. I still like to fall back a lot of times to the Chris Thomas Studio. Of course. Obviously, is something that we kind of remember it as a, a more in a closer circle um, that's what I'm it, calling it today, the Chris Thomas studio. I dig that, man. That's that's what I always fall back on because, like, to me, that's what the studio will always be. That, and we never called it the Steve Dooming studio. We do have the Dooming Den and yes. Emily, um, but I, you know, I grew up on Big Dog, so like those two cats, like. Whenever I'm in the studio, I feel them, uh, whether we're calling the studio that or not. Like, that's what's always in my head when I'm in here. So, I met this is Zach Blobner, by the way, the Howdy. executive <laughs> producer for Ronnie and T. Kraz, right? And then you've got a show on Saturdays? Yes, I do from 10 to 12 uh, here on iHeartRadio and on WDAE. And uh, during football season, I'm actually seven days a week. I do Sunday's fantasy fix, but that's way away from now we're in hockey season and i'm happy to be there i would listen to that because i got I, I had a fantasy show on another station i got fired and when i got fired from it i would <laughs> listen to you guys on sunday so um and we were yeah. just talking about like niches right yeah. like you have different things like i can sit here and i'm glad we're doing hockey i love the lightning i love getting on the ice and doing this and during football season i love doing fantasy football like there's just so many different things to be able to specialize in one it just it really lets you dig in deep are you a fantasy baseball fantasy hockey are you just strictly fantasy football i'm glad you ask because I do get that quite a bit obviously you know if you talk any fantasy it always ends up after the season you do the other stuff I've tried baseball five different years and every year I get a little further in the season before it drops off for me and I love baseball I do and I love hockey I love all these sports but I can never keep up with either baseball or hockey because of the length of the season. Well, baseball's baseball is tedious, and I, I've been mm. in a baseball. Um, you know, I won the championship two out of the last four seasons. Attaboy. No, no big deal. But yeah, what you do is, I mean, you have to set your lineup at the beginning of the week. You have to see right. who's injured. Sometimes they have it where you set your lineup every day, and I mean, it's just a lot. Like, and I'm not watching baseball every single night. But exactly, I will say the thing about fantasy baseball is, is it it helps me learn some of these guys because I I can't keep up anymore. And that's very fair, and that's what I feel like it worked for me because I would be like seeing players from other teams I typically wouldn't know about. Obviously, the hometown team, the Rays, like keep up with quite a bit. Even in the division, the AL East, like you go Yankees, Red Sox, Toronto, like I'm all over it. But then you start throwing guys at me from like the Giants, the Rockies. I'm like, I, what's I going on? Yeah. yeah, what's going on out west? We have no idea. We're asleep by then, right? Because so, even in hockey, you're talking about you know a few guys on the ice at a time. Like I can keep up a little bit better, and it's half the games. But baseball, the amount of the rosters and the games, it, it's it's very hard to know. Well, I'll give you an example. So I was at a store a couple of weeks ago, and I was wearing my Lightning hat, and mm. a guy's like, uh, "Hey, I'm a you know nice hat. I'm not a Lightning fan. I'm a Sharks fan." And I say, you know, I. I don't know everything about hockey. Right. Like I'm learning about hockey, and I go, you know what? Um, I go, I really just follow lightning. But I go, your sharks. I go, they're like at the end of a dynasty or something. And then I go, is Thornton still there? Because I read articles from time to time, and yeah. I've got 
I know just enough to be able to kind of give the guy a little bit of conversation. So I was proud of myself for that one. No, and that's probably where I would have went with that or Carlson. Like you think of yeah. the main guys, right? And obviously now with the bolts, like Goodrell, like can we expect a lot from this guy? Like there's little tidbits, and, and it's just it's a lot harder in baseball. And again, I think it's because of the roster size and the amount of games. And then it goes down. Like hockey's a little bit easier, and football just because you're only talking about a short short season is even easier than those two. So uh, I was here a couple weeks ago. I interviewed your boss, John Mamola, and I met you for the first time, and we've yeah, talked man. on Twitter, and I said, hey, listen, I definitely want to interview you for this show. I like you a lot. I want to find out about where you got your start and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but first, I want to ask you, um, is there any way that you can make me feel better about Steven Stamkos being injured for six to eight weeks? Is there uh... anything you can say... <laughs> Is there any spin that you can give me? Because I, I've been I've been depressed, and I don't need any man. more things to be depressed about. That's rough. Uh, it's it, I always struggle with this because it is injury related, obviously. And I've seen so many guys in my line of work jump on like speculation with injuries and like when guys will be back and be wrong. And I try not to do that. But also, on the same hand, like speculation is part of what we do in our industry. Yeah. Well, we're fans. You know, it's, it's more, right. it's, sometimes it's hopeful speculation. So, so here's what I'll say Assuming that it is the timetable we saw, which is six to eight weeks, and assuming everything goes right in rehab, he already had the surgery, as we know, and he's able to come back in the second round in some capacity. I don't think it's going to derail or, or slow down the Lightning's opportunity to win a Stanley Cup this year. Because based on the rest of the roster and what we know happened last season, which continues to come up, the Lightning should be able to beat any of these possible first-round opponents, you know. Without Stammer? Without Stammer. Yeah. They should be. Now, with that being said, they also should have been able to sweep the Blue Jackets last year, and it went the other way around. So, we can talk about what should happen and what could happen based on, you know, roster uh, stars and the stat sheets and all that. At the end of the day, though, I think, you know, it just provides an opportunity for some other players to step up. We'll know more based on how they respond this week with Boston twice without Stammer for what they could do in the playoffs without Stammer. How do you think those trades that JBB look now compared to when he made them a week or so ago? Because let's be honest, people were panning them. Yeah. People love their first-round picks. At this point, as a Lightning fan, <laughs> I'm not concerned about a first-round pick. I want a Stanley Cup, and that's all that matters. You isn't, know? It, isn't it funny with like fans? And this is all sports, too. I, not to keep getting outside of hockey, but we're always more concerned about what we don't know. Like the players we don't have. Yeah. Right? Like, like this big question mark. <laughs> uh, man, what about this big question right, mark? Right. No, how about right now, I'll take Coleman if he's going to help us win a cup. Right. That's all that matters to me and to those guys too. Like I I'm, I wouldn't even be shocked if you told like a Lightning fan, like, hey, we can get Ovechkin and uh, Connor McDavid. We have to give up the next six rounders. Most fans would be like, no, you're not giving up those six rounders, like those six first rounders. It's just, it's funny how that works. But ultimately, you know, you bring those guys in to help you be more gritty and more tough in the playoffs. And Julian Brisbois said that, like it was playoff thought process when he brought in these three new players. And depth is another reason because you were already banged up on defense and you're already trying to figure out ways to make the penalty kill and the power play work with these injuries. The Stamkos injury, I think you're going to see the Blake Coleman aspect of it play the biggest role. Because I think Blake's going to be able to score some more of those power play goals and really 
contribute in the net, which is one of the reasons they brought him in, not knowing Stammer would be hurt the way he is. We knew the injury was nagging, to be fair. I do think that that was in the back of Julian's head when he made these trades. I was going to ask you that. If you wondered if maybe he thought there might be something going on with Stammer. Because he had been in, he had been out. We're like, ah, is he hurt? Is he not hurt? And hockey players, they're so badass, man. They're tough. Like, we don't know how hurt these guys are. I mean, Stamkos is still scoring out there. He's still playing well. So you don't know anything that's happening. Well, we saw when he got pulled and he, you know, he had scored at the end. Like, he was in the game like he was a part of it so you never really know especially with hockey players compared to you know the other sports that we keep that I keep bringing up you just don't know even more so when it comes to the guys on the ice so I do think that Julian had that in the back of his head is okay well you know if he's healthy good we got a plethora of these guys we're adding the grit we're adding the players we want to have in the Stanley Cup run but also if he is hurt or any of these guys are hurt a little bit more than we're anticipating we have the depth as well Let's talk about the show that you produce in the morning, and we were talking about it before we started here. Sometimes people want more Bucks talk, they want more Rays talk, they mm-hmm. want Lightning talk. Who knows? I don't know if they want Vipers talk right now. How do you how do you decide as a producer what you're going to talk about? What's hot right now? I'd imagine as we stand here today, even though the Lightning are where they're at, Jameis Winston and will he be yeah. back or not is still dominating the conversation. So that's been a tough process for me because. I grew up around here, but before I was back in Tampa, I covered the Jaguars in Jacksonville, and I worked for the iHeart affiliate over there. And it wasn't hard to figure out what to talk about because you really only have the Jags, right? Like, it wasn't like, man, do we pick this or this or this? And I got back to Tampa, and I was in love with the fact that we had so many more teams and options and things to kind of lean on. But as I've produced different shows, and specifically the morning show over the last few years— it's not really as many options as you think because you have to go where the audience wants you to go. And and when I say the audience, I don't mean like each sliver, each section. I mean the majority, the bulk. Where are you going to be able to get the most bang for your buck? Like I want the Costco version of the audience where I can get a bunch of them and take them home, not the specialty version that I might you know go to Target for or Publix for or whatever. So you're starting to feel that out. And I'll say this, and I do want to make sure this is clear. I have went to bat to talk more hockey. Even this week, I've brought it up in multiple meetings to talk more hockey. Really? I do it all the time. Wow. With the, with your host or with the boss? or Both. Okay. Both. Just in general. And what are, what are, Now, if, if, if they're against talking more hockey, mm-hmm. what are the reasons for it? We, just, we see in the ratings, we see in uh, you know, different research that we do. Yeah. We do a bunch of different kinds of research. Oh, sure. I mean, you can, you can tell, and, uh, and I've been in radio, too, for a while. You can see right. when people stop listening. You can see when people tune out. So, I mean, that's dangerous because you go, hey, we were talking exactly. about the Rays here. Somebody tuned out, but did they tune out because they had an emergency or because they didn't want to hear about the Rays? Nobody really ever knows. And, and we do different kinds of research, and, and we use the ratings in different ways to look at, like, what gets the most pop? Where do we get that bang for our buck? And, I mean, just to be blunt, we know for a fact that it is not with hockey on a regular basis, whether it's off-season for football or not. We know, like, there are certain, like, metrics we have, and we know where things stand. Love hockey, love talking hockey, but really until you're into the playoffs, and even really through the first round, people in Tampa Bay are not fully on board as a full community. I agree. There is a hockey community, which are going to be the ones listening to this podcast. Right, but I've always said it. Give the second round of the playoffs is when the city, the people that don't know, don't care, that's when they get on board, and that's fine. We will take all the support, but I've always said it's about the second round when when the news travels around town. You know, you're going downtown Tampa. They're unveiling the banners. We're we're cutting ribbons at Curtis Hicks. It's great to be a part of. It really is every single year when the Lightning make the playoffs. It's so... 
I mean, because I am, I was born in Chicago. I was only there a couple years, but I'm a Mm. Bears fan. I'm a White Sox fan. The Lightning are the only local team that I was able to like fully love. So I was never able to convert. To me, you know, if you're a Bears fan, it's like a religion. I can't just flip (laughs) the script to being a Bucks fan, especially right now. So I love the Lightning. I love being a part of that. So I don't know where I was going with all of it. But no, I I get that though. I get where you're coming from. And and again, I'm glad that you're in the 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 mind process of like, okay, I understand a lot of people won't be on board until the second round of the playoffs because the way that I've always looked at sports and and people, whether you want to call them bandwagoners or, you know, oh, we just flip our cap on when it's that time of the I'm always inviting of those people because you know who loves to have a good time? Everybody. Yeah, we need them. I mean, yeah, we we're not at the point where we go, oh, you haven't been there all season but long. A lot of diehard fans are like that, and you know it. I'm not saying the majority or even half, but there are, there is a good contingency though of fans that hey, if you weren't with us from day one preseason, like you're not watching the games against the Panthers in October, we don't want you in April and in and hopefully May. And no, we got to bring we got to bring everybody in. We got to right. make people Invite hockey them. fans, and that's how that's how it's going to grow, and that's how we have to you know that's the only way that a, a Montreal or a Boston 100%. is going to take us seriously. And, and that's what I hope the diehard fans realize and that's one thing that I and and again I've I've always tried to like help different fan bases figure this out when things are going well in Jacksonville unfortunately when I was there covering the Jags they sucked Blaine Gabbert I I never got to jump on that train of like listen things are going well you know they did make an AFC championship I was here though when that happened uh, in the last couple of years but when things are going well like you were saying Seth that's when you capitalize Uh so if you're one of the smarter fans if you're one of the diehard fans during the, like let's say the lightning get to the eastern conference finals hopefully fingers crossed at least that this year when that's happening and you're talking to your lady at Publix bagging groceries and she's like oh i like your bolts hat like i really hear they're doing well capitalize on that and say they are you should get to a game they're so fun. like throw something in there that's going to make it make that person want to be a fan tomorrow mm-hmm. cuz during the todays of when things are going well it's easy for everybody to be on board Give them something to chew on to where tomorrow, in a month from now, they might think, you know, I like the Lightning. I, I need to check them out more next season. Blobner, can I be honest with you? I've been, how old are you? 29. 29. Okay, mm-hmm. so I've been in radio, I don't know, like 18, 19 years. You are smooth. You are easy to talk to. <laughs> your, your boss, John Mamola, when I left last week, said that you're going to be a star. I agreed. Are you? <laughs> do you want to be a host? Because I think you're absolutely yeah. incredible, man. Look, man, I, I just, I love talking to people, and I've I, my girlfriend gives me a hard time because I, I get in a lot of trouble with this. If I'm walking through the store and I see you, and we've met once or twice, if I remember you, it clicks. I will stare you down because I want to say hello. Oh wow! And I know I'd, I'd I know, leave you. I'd leave you. <laughs> she hates it. She's like, I, "Why do you have to say hi to everybody?" And I'm like, "I like talking to people. I like saying hello to people." And I think what works for me is a lot of the conversations I have, whether it be on air, whether it be off air. I'm already going to have those conversations. Like, if I quit radio tomorrow, if I quit working in sports in any capacity, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get a cubicle, I'm going to work in sales, I'm going to do this or that or the other, I'm going to spend a majority of my day going up to people in that office or texting my buddies or my family or whoever else about the exact conversations I'm having on air. So, to me, it's so organic, it's so natural, and and I tell people a lot, too. I was blessed. Like, I knew early on I wanted to do this. Because it does fit what I do on a daily basis anyways. And, and again, if I wasn't doing this in a career, a professional capacity, I would still be having my day-to-days. And fortunately, in Tampa, it works even better for me because I grew up around here. So I've been talking about the Lightning, the Rays, the Bucks, even USF for so long that it's like on a weekend, I go back to Brandon 
and I'm having lunch with some buddies. Well, guess what? We're doing what we're doing right now, Seth. Yeah. And, it, and it just fits. So I'm really fortunate in that regard. Um, and, and, you know, again, I've been really lucky to actually I enjoy company around people, whether I know them for five minutes or five seconds or five years. I just I, I enjoy this interaction. I think that not to get too deep or on like a crazy level, but I think this is what being humans all about is talking and doing this. Yeah, listen, man, I am. Uh, I agree. You are absolutely a hell of a guy. So you have been a Bolts fan the majority of your life. Who's your favorite Lightning player of all time? Oh, man, uh, Kucherov. Really? Yeah, uh, and I say that because I know that he is not on the top five for a lot of people because of his <laughs> attitude. He is the best player that they've ever had. Ever had? Ever had. Because I know we've talked about the ultimate lightning line, and you chimed in. Kucherov's the most talented player they've ever had. You kicked, I think you kicked Vinny. Uh, Was it Vinny? Kicked Vinny off and put Kucherov on there. I've had a lot of interactions with Vinny. Yeah. Uh, Probably more. Nobody really has had an interaction with Kucherov. Like, it's all been positive, but he's not really a a media guy. And look, as as being the complete opposite type of person, again, I look you down in the store to say hello. Like, I want to be like, hey, how are things? How are the kids? Would you approach Kucherov in a store? I'd be too afraid. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. wouldn't. You know what? I'd give him a little head nod. (laughs) I'd I'd give him a little head nod, and I'd smile at him, and I would expect the same back. But I don't get offended by a guy like him. And I know a lot of people bring up the fact, well, he's Russian. Like, that's why. And that probably is why. I don't care. Look, you know what Kucherov does for me? He provides me excitement and entertainment throughout the year with the moves he makes. And I understand the frustrations at different points, you know, with his attitude. That's fine. And I get all that. But at the end of the day, he's an entertainer. I am entertained more by him than anybody else on this Lightning team now, past, future, present, whenever. Wow. Okay, so this is this is a lot to take in. So, <laughs> what, I mean, because I still feel like Kucherov is so young. He to, is. So when he's a stud. When did this happen for you? When did you decide that Kucherov? I think for me, mm-hmm. seeing Stamkos come in in 08 mm-hmm. and. Um, that's when I became a hockey fan because I was working at 97X yeah. and they had the scene Stamkos campaign yeah. and they brought in an 18-year-old Stamkos. campaign, by yeah, the way. Yeah, amazing campaign and yeah. they brought in an 18-year-old Stamkos. I'm like, okay, cool. The the Saw guys, the guys that own the team, like they, I know everybody hated them, but I had a relationship with them. Right. Then Hedman comes the next year. We get Hedman on the air. So that's when I started to become a fan. So I think I'm always, I'm always going to be partial to Stamkos, Hedman, Marty St. Louis, those guys. But Kucherov, the best player of all time, I, it could happen, but I feel like it's still a smidge early. So so the reason I think I'm so gung-ho about Cooch is because of so much of the hate that he gets. Like, I almost feel like I have to defend him. I like that. Okay. You know, and, and I would say this, like, in a, in a completely calm conversation, like, not feeling like I had to defend him as much, I don't know if I'd put him as, like, my favorite. He's definitely up there. Um, growing up, before Kucherov got here, it was Frederick Modine, actually. Okay. Because he had the toughest shot, the hardest slap shot in the league for two years in a row at the skills competition. And for whatever reason, as a kid, I was like... That's awesome. And, like, that was what got me going as a youngster watching the Bolts was Freddie Modine taking slap shots from the blue line. Now, Kucherov, again, I think given his talent and given, you know, some of the spectacular goals he's made. I mean, his no-look goal that he gets guys with sometimes is just it's next level. Uh, But I do feel like because I have to defend him so much against other Bolts fans— and I know everybody loves their Martin St. Louis and their Vinny Cavaliers and their Danny Boyles and yeah. their Bobby. Like, that's all great. Even some people will say even Ben Bishop is still their favorite guy. Absolutely. Right? And I understand that and I get all that. But for me, it's like from an entertainment standpoint, I know that on any night, on any night, I can tune into the Lightning and watch Kucherov do something that makes me go, wow, 
I love this guy. I love hockey. And, and other guys do that too. But any night I can get that from Coop. You know what would be super, super impressive is he if he just absolutely put the team on his back clear into the uh, first or second round of the playoffs. And I don't think it's crazy to think that that could happen. I really don't. Would I sit here and bet on it? Maybe him and point. I mean, him and I think that first line. I mean, him and point. There's no, there's no doubt about it. But I would love to see Cooch go absolutely crazy and just put this team on his back. So again, the Russian angle. Like people love to remind us, like he's that way because he's from Russia. Phil Esposito brings it up all the time. I know Michigan does. Engblom, all these guys, hockey guys, yeah, hardcore hockey guys. And I, I believe that, and that's why I put stock in it. But on the same hand, I try to think of like some of the different Russians in the league that you know you can kind of compare things to. And it reminds me a lot like of the Crosby Malkin combo in Pittsburgh. Now, given I was born in Pittsburgh, so although I'm heavy in the, the Tampa Bay stuff, most of my background is Pittsburgh. So I have a lot of conversations with cousins, my brother, about the Penguins and the Bolds. And are you Tampa compare. Bay over everything, or you still got you still root for Pittsburgh? It's tough, man. It's tough to I'll give it honest. up, right? Yeah. Um, I, straight up, easy for me in baseball to raise over the Pirates. Okay. Although I do pull for the Pirates. Now they play on different sides of the world, so it's easy. You're they, a Steelers guy. I can see it. I'm a Steelers guy, but same idea. Bucks and Steelers, they don't really see each other. They don't really have anything to do with each other. They did, I know, on a Monday night or yeah. last year or two years ago. That's when um Chris Conte got murdered, right? Yeah, Vince McDonald <laughs> stuffed him into the ground. But on the same hand, like, you know, even in that game, so the way that I treat the Bucks and Steelers is if they play head to head, whoever the win means more to, I want to win. Okay. So if they play and they're both. Oh, and one's 0 and 8, one's 8 and 0. I want the 8 and 0 team to win because it matters for them. I want the teams that can get more out of it to win in the scenarios. It's been toughest, toughest with hockey because the Penguins and the Lightning directly affect each other every year. Every year, the every they are pretty much going to play each other every single year in the playoffs. But I would imagine just with where you work and what's going <laughs> on, you're rooting for the both. Because here's the thing: it's better for the station. Right. It's better for you. It's better it's for, for business. It's better for everybody yeah. when the Lightning win. So. Uh, there's a few points there. Uh-oh. I'm a staunch Sidney Crosby supporter. Okay, he's nothing wrong with that. I know well, a lot a, of people are He's a great him. player. Uh, I go back and forth with T-Crass and Ronnie in the mornings a lot on, on Crosby specifically. Now, when it comes to them playing head-to-head, in the past, I've leaned towards Pittsburgh. Since I've moved back to Tampa in a working capacity, man, when you're covering a team every day, you feel emotionally tied to them. Yeah. Like maybe well, they're not. good dudes, and we know we know a lot dudes. of these guys. Like, yeah, I mean, when you're throwing frisbees with Ryan McDonough to like help like kids like get through cancer and stuff, like you you're attached to that guy. And they raised like a hundred thousand dollars for that Kalorna McDonough. And it's like, man, like you know, yeah, I like to see the Penguins do well, but like I want to see Ryan McDonough hoist the cup. Like it's it's it is tough, and, and I and I think that. Especially, Back. especially with what Mr. Vinnick's doing, just for the right. city and how much money he gives out. To me, that's what's that. That's what I, miss. Mr. Vinnick, made me realize as I'm 38 years old, been a sports mm-hmm. fan my whole life. He made me realize that y- you don't just have to buy a team. You can buy into the. He bought into yeah. the region. He bought into the city, and I think that's awesome. And, and and for me, that's a big part of it because I love sports. I love you know the people in my life. I love what I do. I love talking. I love Tampa Bay. Probably more if not up there tied with anything else in my life this city this area it's it is to me so much better than I think it gets credit for nationally and I think locally we take it for granted so I think we we don't get it get enough credit for Tampa Bay in multiple ways in different parts of the world or if you're here or there wherever that's a good point I love Tampa Bay man and and I mean that and I you know for me we're from Plant City you take me to St. Pete you know I'll go to Pinellas like I'm all over the place and, and I you know I live in town and country now I'm closer to the airport um I literally, literally this whole region dude like it is it is my lifeblood like 
I've been in different areas. I've I've traveled around a little bit. I've worked in different cities. Not like crazy, but like a good amount to know. Like everywhere I've been, my heart's been like, this is cool, but like Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay, and I don't want to be anywhere else. Now, with that being said, who knows what will happen career-wise. Maybe I am taken in different places and different Oh, directions. you're going to get the call from a, from a big market, I'm sure. But with that being said, like I want to be in Tampa Bay. This is where I love to be, and, and I think it's because it's such a great area. I love the, the sports. I love the people. I love the beaches. Like Everything about it. Uh, to me, is just top notch. Like I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So, what, what's the um, what's the lamest topic on the uh, that you guys have to talk about? Is it the uh, Ray Stadium situation? You guys well, just over that? I'm I'm not as frustrated with that. I'm done with talking about the Jameis Winston stuff, man. And, and <sighs> because it's been years. So last year off season, I said, you know what sucks about this? We're gonna do this again in twelve months. Yeah. You know what I said twelve months before that? You know what sucks about this? We're gonna do it in twelve months. Like years of me just being like, I know we're gonna be stuck in this situation again next off season. Now this off season's different because I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know if it's gonna be the same in twelve months. Well, here's what's gonna happen. I hate it, man. It's oh, it's always gonna happen because if he leaves, which mm-hmm. I don't know, as of today we record this, it looks like they're saying he's gonna leave. Right. You're going to have to follow his career forever. No matter where he goes, he has a good game, he has a bad game. The Bucks have a bye week, and Jameis starts for the Colts or the Chargers or whomever. Mm. It's going to be this. This town is going to follow Jameis until he's absolutely done playing. No doubt, no and, doubt. And I think that I think for people that are in sports radio, I could tell how you're a little bit over it at this point. It's just it. it it's polarizing. Yes, like I, I just. I want to see something different for the Bucks. There's nothing. What's more to be said about you? Like everything's been said about so, him at this point. And this is how I would compare it to the Lightning. And, and and I don't think it's necessarily a complete direct comparison, but it's similar. I feel like we're getting to that point with John Cooper with the Bolts. Like if they have another playoff collapse, I think we're going to be back to where it's like, is Cooper the guy? Well, I think that, and I've said, I, you know, whether it's Cooper or whether it's you know somebody gets shaken up from the core, mm-hmm. I think there's a shakeup. If it doesn't happen this year, it has to be. There, there's just be. you can't this the core right now. You can't keep them together forever. You got a couple of more years, but at some point, you're not going to be able to pay all these guys, right? So I think it's got to me. It's it's now or never. I agree. No, and I not to say that that window still won't be open. You know, next year, the year after, with a little bit of difference. But you're right, though. Like never a better chance than now. And, and you could argue never a better chance than last year. And the year before, like some of the faces have changed, but it's getting harder and harder to keep all these guys. And I. <laughs> Things are going to change in the offseason, win or lose for these Lightning. Because if they win a cup, they're going to feel like, okay, we got the monkey off our back. We got a little flexibility. We got to figure out some financial numbers. If they lose, it might even be worse with the shakeup. There's going to be some changes. I just feel like the the thing about this and the reason why I had no problem with them trading the first-round picks is, look, they accumulated an extra first-round pick from, <laughs> for JT Miller. But the reason why I had no yeah. – I think they've got a lot of talent. Yeah. They acquire talent. They find talent. They develop it. And I, I think at, at times they almost have too much talent. I mean, the guys that they have to c- continually send down to the minors just because you know some, they, they traded right. for somebody. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's, uh, it's, it's ironic, too, because I feel like – here in Tampa Bay. So with the Lightning, it's like, okay, you guys have built a big enough farm system. Let's go get a cup. Yeah. And if you think about the baseball side of things, the Rays are in a similar situation. It's like, all right, you guys have enough of the top 100 prospects. Go win a World Series. Go get to a World Series. And I feel like it's awesome that both teams are right there. And we talked about this about a year, year and a half ago. And we we're like, man, I feel bad for the Bucks because if you look at the Lightning, ton of great stars, young guys, 
contracted guys. Lightning are going to be able to work towards the playoffs. Community and, guys. Yep, exactly. And you got years of that coming yep. up. Not just a year, but years of that. And then we felt the same way about the Rays. And I still feel like we're at that point. And again, with the Bucks, we're still talking about Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. So I think when you talk about Rays and Lightning and Tampa Bay sports with those two professional organizations, there's a lot to be excited about, not only this year, but the next few years championships we're talking titles we're not talking about playoff appearances and then you look at football and you're like man just get there just get in the dance it's just we get excited about the draft every single year as bucks fans so. i know i get it and and as a bears fan we don't even have a first round pick so i have to wait until like day well, you guys can have Jameis. okay I mean, we'll <laughs> well, well you know what you know? we might we might and Trubisky, him and trubisky can figure it's either it Jameis or andy dalton so uh <laughs> blobner this has been like the first time that i really haven't even gotten to any questions because like we've just been flowing but i do want to get i do want to get to the first question um what was your interaction with Jim Harbaugh when he said, what's a blobner? Yeah, man. So that was uh, three years ago at the Outback Bowl. He was in town. Um, they were taking on Michigan, was taking on South Carolina. So Will Muschamp was the other head coach. Now, I had covered the Gators. I went to Florida, and he was there when I was there. I had a little bit of a relationship with him to the point where I wasn't intimidated. Flip side with Jim Harbaugh, mo- one of the most intimidating guys I've ever been around. And I've been around a lot of athletes, a lot of coaches. Top five easily, though, Jim Harbaugh's in that mix. And what is it about him? Because he looks like a fun guy. He says crazy no facial expressions. Okay. So like imagine like a Frankenstein face. And for me, like, again, I like to stare you down. I'll walk up to you and I'll say hello. So I'm doing that with Jim Harbaugh at the Outback Bowl. And it's a pregame thing. So this is before the actual game. It was like the Thursday or Friday. So I walk up. I'm like, hey, coach, what's going on? Zach Blobner here. Nothing, dude. Straight face Frankenstein. And I'm like, OK, OK. I'm usually good for one. I can bounce back. So, again, I'm like, yeah, I'm with DAE. You know, I got a couple guys, Pat and Aaron, because they were going to be interviewing him. I was giving him the phone. And he looks at me again, straight face. And I'm like, man, I can't bounce off of two of those. And he goes, what did you say your last name was? <laughs> I go, Zach Blobner. And he goes, what's a Blobner? And I'm like, I don't know, coach. It's just my last name. Please take the phone. Like, I'm so awkward right now. Like, again, I can do two, but like, you get to a third one, and I'm like, I got nothing. Like, I'm awkward. I don't feel awkward easily, but that was one where he got me. And then he took the phone, puts a big lip in of Chew. Okay. Goes down the hall, and I'm like, man, what the heck is going on? Comes back. Somehow the Chew's gone. And he's like, <laughs> probably swallows it. He had to have. Yeah. Or like, found like a, a incognito <laughs> trash can. I don't know, man. And he hands me the phone back. And he's like, hey, thanks, man. And I'm like, thanks. And I'm like, that was the weirdest interaction I've had. Do you think he, he, I know he's just a different guy, but do you think he was trying to be weird on purpose or that's just how he is? I think it's how he is because I watched how he interacted with, he had uh, the writers after that. And so he sat down with them and I watched kind of how he dealt with them. And it was similar. Like he was sitting down, had chewing, straight face. And I'm like, okay, this is just who he is. Wow. He must be this way with his players. This is who he is. Surprised that style worked when he was with the 49ers. Zach Blobner, uh, what is your, is it what, Zach on the mic? Zach on the mic, yeah. Z-A-C, I was a lazy kid, never used the H or the K, so Z-A-C, Zach on the mic. Zach on the mic, executive producer of the uh, Ronnie and T-Crash show, shows on Saturday, and then Sunday during football season, the man's all over the place. (laughs) You're going to hear it right here. I think you'll be a big time star when that happens. Just uh, let me produce for you or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe co-host, man. Who knows? Thanks, Zach. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. And thank you for listening to On the Bench right here on Lightning Power Play.